Welcome to Phoenix and Flame, pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. This podcast is not intended for use as psychotherapy. If you feel you are in crisis, please call 911 or contact your local crisis hotline. Welcome to Phoenix and Flame. I'm Dana, and this is my podcast on pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. Well, we have a wonderful guest with us today. Her name is Danielle Matthews. Now, Danielle, at the age of 23, was hit by a drunk driver and sustained a life-altering injury to her brain. Now, the medical world said there was no hope of recovery and told her to accept this life as her new normal. Now, although her body was physically impaired, her spirit was strong and she refused to believe their diagnoses. Her mind was determined to recover, and she did. Through the power of what she refers to as mind control, she attracted the mindset, techniques, and exact quantum healing technologies needed to fully recover. Now, she has since built an international business, authored an ebook called Mind Control, and shares her life altering experience with countless people around the globe. Danielle, oh my gosh, thank you for coming on Phoenix and Flame. I'm so excited to hear from you. Yeah, thanks for the invitation. I'm excited to share. Oh my. So you were 23 and you had an accident. So fill us in on what that was like for you and what that experience, I mean, going through that, that was a synopsis I said, but really pull us in into what it was like personally being there. Well, man, it's been a a 10 year journey. (laughs) And to take you back, you know, when I was 23, I was, I graduated from University of Virginia, degree in biology, uh, very vibrant. (laughs) I moved out to Colorado. I was doing Teach for America. So I was teaching, you know, low income area out in Denver um, and teaching sixth grade. And on the weekends, I was always out snowboarding and it was like heaven for me. I'm so happy. (laughs) Um, right. It was two weeks after my commitment to teach for America had ended. It was summer break and I was home. I was visiting some friends. I'd gone out for um, one of my friend's birthdays and I woke up super early the next morning to meet up with my parents to go to a wedding, uh, just like living life. Right. And it was seven o'clock in the morning. I was driving out of Baltimore city and somebody had been out, I guess, late the night before drinking, uh, passed out and came into the lane and hit my car head on. It was one of those things, I think back about the accident, it's like the whole thing happened in slow motion. Like I can remember the thoughts I was having, like, oh, is he turning? You know, because I saw him cross the midline and then he didn't turn. And I thought, well, is he swerving around something? You know, and I look in the lane and there's nothing there. And I look up, like you look at the driver, like, what are you doing? And he's just completely passed out. And I couldn't do anything. Like there were parallel park cars next to me, you know, and your reaction is not to swerve towards oncoming traffic, right? So I just like tried to stop and the car hit me head on. Um, Thank goodness, actually, we hit that in that way because the car took most of the impact and my body was okay. Uh, Thankfully, I didn't have any bodily injury. I was, you know, burned from the airbags. But that morning, um, there were some runners on the street and they came over to the car and, and helped me get out of it. And called the paramedics. And when the paramedics came, you know, they looked at me over and they said, wow, you know, you you look fine. And I said to them, something feels off. Like I don't feel right. And they said, well, you're just in shock. And I was like, oh, (laughs) okay. (laughs) 
I've never been in shock, you know? And I thought, all right, that's probably what's going on. Uh, then my parents arrived and they were like, no, something's off with you. And they took me to um, urgent care and they said the same thing. No, she's just in shock. And so, you know, I was at home for the summer and the next week it was like, it was so clear that something was not right. My head was feeling like it wanted to explode. My personality had changed. I was very blunt, very direct. I was feeling overwhelmed. Like it felt Dana, like with natural light, it felt like it was a flashlight being shined directly in my eye. Like it was like all so overwhelming and same with noise. And so eventually we got in with my primary care doctor and he said, no, 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 you've had a head trauma. You need to see a neurologist. The neurologist uh, looked at me and said, well, you've had what's called a mild traumatic brain injury. And I remember thinking to myself, like, that sounds like an oxymoron. <laughs> uh, I was thinking the exact same word, a mild traumatic brain injury. What is there such a thing? There is. But on the scale of brain injury, what they said to me was, look, there's mild, moderate and severe. And they said, you're very fortunate. You don't have a brain bleed. You know, you're not in a coma. You're not going to have to relearn to talk, to walk, all these things. They said, in fact, we try to get our brain injury patients to the space that you're in. And I was like, okay, but I can't function. <laughs> you know, I couldn't concentrate, completely overwhelmed by everything. I was dizzy. And the, the migraines I had at that point were just like, it felt like my head was exploding. And they said, well, you know, it should clear in a month. So I attempted to go back to work. Like I was going to do a third year of teaching. I couldn't lesson plan. Like I was trying to plan a lesson. It was taking me 12 hours. But what was nuts is I had lost the ability to like look outside of myself and say, hey, that's not normal. And so I, I just told my principal, I said, it's like overwhelming for me to work here. Can I just work from home until the kids come? And he was like, yeah, that's fine. But at home, you know, nobody knew I was like sleeping, you know, I get up, I try and do something for 10 minutes, I go back to sleep. Then when kids came, I remember standing in front of the classroom and like, I couldn't remember the words I had just spoken. I couldn't remember the names of the kids. And I was like, well, I cannot be here. <laughs> and uh, that's really what took like the, the reality of that was when it kind of set in for me. And I went on a medical leave. But even after those six weeks, I, I still I couldn't function. And the doctors were telling me, you know, it'll clear in three months. And then they said six months. And then at my one year appointment, that's when my neurologist literally said to me, Danielle, with this type of injury, the body's done the healing it's going to do. And this is your new normal and you need to shape your life around it. And um, something in me switched then. We'll talk about that, but I think, you know, I kind of gloss over it, but that year of my life was so difficult because I lost what felt like my identity. You know, I was Danielle, the teacher, the snowboarder, the one that could hang out with friends. Like I was all these things. And all of a sudden it got taken away from me, you know, and I was sitting at home at the age of 23, no income, couldn't afford to live by myself. You don't have a plan B when you're that old, you know, I right. was you know, I was fortunate that my parents had a position where I could, you know, live with them. I, I didn't know who I was without all of that. And I had such intense anxiety about my future because I didn't know how I was going to feel an hour from now, you know, and I wasn't sure how I could plan any sort of future. Um, so I had depression that set in. I was having panic attacks that I don't know how else to describe it other than like they would come on all of a sudden, my whole body would go numb. I would hyperventilate and I would just start crying and my shirt would like just get soaked. It was not, not good. <laughs> but when that doctor said that to me, something in me 
spoke and it said, you're fired. I didn't say it out loud. It said it in my head. You're fired. <laughs> um, something in me said, no, you're going to recover from this. Don't listen to what he's saying. And so when he said that though, I thought, all right, you know, this whole time I've been pushing against this reality. You know, I've been trying to just claw back at the life that I had known. And I thought, all right, I can't change this right now. You know, and there's something I talk about in my book, actually, this equation that I think is so applicable for everybody. And it's like, you've got the external world plus your internal response that equals your reality. And so many times we feel like a victim to the external world, like, oh, this happened to me. And many would say, yeah, you were a victim in that car accident. But in doing that, I actually gave my power away to it. Okay, because then it said, well, this happened to me. There's nothing I can do. And, you know, my internal response was one where I felt like a victim and I was angry and I was upset and I was depressed and all those things. So my reality was miserable. And when he said that to me, I thought, okay, I cannot change the injury. I can't change the accident. I can't change that I lost my job. I can't change any of it. I said, it's here. So it's like there's new rules on life, you know? And I said to myself, well, what can you do within these new rules to create a reality that's one that you want to live? Uh, Because I mean, I was like questioning even that, like I didn't want to be here. I thought, okay, I'm going to find one thing a day I'm grateful for. And I just, I set this challenge to myself and I got a notebook and I said one thing a day for a year. I would stare at that notebook at night for a long time. (laughs) I could not figure out what to write, but eventually I started to look back at my day and I'd say, you know, that strawberry that I had in my salad was really tasty. I'm grateful for the strawberry, (laughs) you know, and a friend called me. Um, I'm really grateful my friend called, you know, uh, someone who recommended a good book. Um, I started to read Game of Thrones and it was like, oh, I got to like fall into that. (laughs) And so slowly, you know, my grandparents invited me to come stay with them for some time. They lived in Florida. So it was, it was, you know, just a different atmosphere and they're so loving and wonderful. And I got to spend time with them that I never would have had otherwise, you know? And so all these things started to, to shift and I found myself happy. I found myself in this space of gratitude and it was really cool because my reality around me started to change. Like my parents felt more relaxed, you know, it was like, okay, she's going to be okay. My physical symptoms were all still there, but I just like, that's why I called my book mind control because I learned to master my own mind, which allowed my reality, that choice of how am I going to interact and react to the stuff that's going on in my life. It allowed me to then have a choice in the matter, you know, and I chose that I was going to be open and patient. Those were the words I used. I'm going to be open and patient, Hmm. (laughs) open to what's unfolding, patient as the things find me that I need. And so that shifted everything for me. Several things that came to my mind and I'm just going to kind of toss them all out and then you can pick and choose which ones and how you want to respond back. First thing is that that experience of losing who you are. I think I, I hear that from people, you know, when they go through particular traumas and situations is that the factors that were in place that made them who they were, like mm-hmm. what they do for a living or who they're in a relationship with or how they perceive their in- their intellect or their physical appearance, yeah. all these things. Sometimes when these things shift around, we start losing, well, well, who am I? If I, if I don't have this, right. 
am I still the same person? If I'm not in a relationship with this individual, am I still the same person? If I don't have this much income or if I don't have this much intelligence or if I can't accomplish these things, then am I worth anything? Do I, do I have any value? Who am I? I don't even know who I am. So let me just stop with that. Yeah. And get, get your, yeah, I really would like to hear what you have to say about that experience. So what I realized was think about like a container and it's like the Danielle that was a snowboarder, the Danielle that was dating this person, the Danielle that was a teacher, they were all actually contents in the container. And one by one with me, it happened very fast, actually, they all just were gone. And I felt empty because the container was empty and I felt like I had no identity. And mm. what I learned to be true and what I would offer to each of you and just and take a little while to sink in you're not the contents of the container. You are the container. Okay. I love so that. Think about like the sky, the blue sky is always there in the backdrop, whether we just had a hurricane rip through down here in Florida. Um, you know, whether it's a snowstorm, whether it's rain, whether it's just clouds, the sky is always there as the weather moves in and out. And it mm. is this space of unconditional love right? Total non-judgment. The sky doesn't care if it's raining or if it's snowing or if it's sunny, doesn't care. It's just there. Allowing for all those things to move through, knowing that there is a space and a time for them and that they will then be gone. And what I learned was that that was the same for me. I learned that, oh, (laughs) I am not my emotions. I am not my thoughts. I am the thing there before, during, and after every little thought that comes through, every emotional response that comes through and reaction that comes through. And it was actually through meditation that I learned to access that part of me. And it was actually yogic philosophy that taught me, you know, what, what that truly was. And the yogis, this is what I love. They spent their lives like trying to figure out if there was a single truth that if known would solve everything, what would that truth be? And what they came to was the word realization realizing that you are more than your thoughts. And when you realize that, you can disidentify from them. You can create space and you can witness them. So rather than reacting with anger, sadness, whatever, you know, you create space and you go, well, isn't that interesting, (laughs) right? Anger showed up. It's like the sky. (laughs) Oh, isn't that interesting? We got a hurricane today. Like, all right, that's what we're going through. And when you're in that space of the witness and the observer, you then have a choice. And the yogis call it an intention. They say you can set the intention for how you want to interact and react to the things that are coming through, whether it's the personal internal triggers that are coming up or the external world, like you actually have a choice. And so I started to do meditation. My mom introduced it to me and she said to me, yoga nidra, you do lying down. She said, Danielle, you have to be in a dark room and laying down to do this. And I was like, well, I can do that. That's how I found it. And we originally did it to try and help me sleep because my brain was just so overactive. But she recorded it and I would listen to it like throughout the day. It would stop my migraines from getting full blown. And then I realized it was cultivating like this sense of peace within me. It was like I could be rest back as the container just in this total unconditional love space, non-judgment of what was going on. And it was so refreshing because my whole life I had been 
the contents. Like I had, you know, the one that was, okay, top of my class. Okay. Top snowboard. Like I would, I was always achieving, trying to achieve all of that. And when it went away, it was like, yeah, this identity crisis of, well, who am I? But actually I learned who I really was. (laughs) And so, you know, when you realize that that sense of peace and unconditional love is inside of each of us, you know, that is the divine presence in my opinion. And that's who we are you won't get phased by anything that's happening around you or the crazy little mind that we have that has a lot to say about everything. You know, eventually the mind chatter goes away. Like my mind used to be busy all the time. It's not anymore. It's very silent. So I can be very present to what's happening, you know, in front of me. I love this. I, and listening to you talk, I feel like we're, we say sister from another mister. I mean, (laughs) because in, in my psychotherapy and when I do, I regularly teach my patients I say the word, well, isn't that interesting all the time? Or isn't that curious? And I, I was, you know, teaching them when you're, when you're observing yourself and say, don't judge, but observe what you're doing, observing your behavior and, and kind of cock your head to the side and go, Hmm, isn't that interesting? So you remove the judgment out of it. And I'm also thinking about the mindfulness where it's like how you would look up at the sky and see white clouds coming. And so you would treat your thoughts like the clouds. You don't deny that they're there. You see them, but neither do you jump up and try to do anything with them. You just kind of let them pass. You see them and you let them pass. You don't try to, you don't deny them. You don't try to do anything with them. You don't judge them. You just kind of let them pass. And that creates that wonderful space. And to your, your analogy about the sky and the clouds, it reminds me one time years ago, I was going, I was flying on a plane out of, uh, I think it was Illinois at the time. And the, the sky was very overcast and thick with, with dark clouds. But once the plane cleared those and got on top of them, the sky was this beautiful blue color. It's like the blue color was always there, even though we couldn't see it from the ground because you had these clouds that were full of wet, you know, rain and they were, you know, very dark. But as soon as you got on the top side of those clouds, the blue sky had never gone anywhere. Yes. And that's you. Like you're, that piece of you is there always, always. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting. The, uh, the first chapter of my book is I, called Observe. Like that is what happened for me. I was forced into the space of observer, right? Cause I got pulled out of life. And so what was so interesting was I started to just witness people. It was my parents, my friends, you know, then it was like the news and people on social media. And it was like, Oh, how interesting. Like everyone seemed to be in this patterned behavior. And it was like, I could almost predict how someone was going to interact or react to a certain situation. And I started to realize that people were responding not to what was present, but to some, for lack of a better like analogy, uh, they were like, it was like they had sunglasses on. And -hmm. so they were like looking at it through this lens that was not the current reality, but it was something from their past, something that they were still carrying with them. You know, they were feeling like, oh, you know, I'm not lovable or, you know, people abandoned me or whatever. And so then they interact with that situation that's currently present that has no charge and just is what it is with this complete like intensity because there's something triggered inside of them. Yep. I realized then, Raul, like life is actually unfolding for you because how beautiful that this external world is allowing you to see 
that you have sunglasses on, that you're missing it, that something is stuck within you that you need to resolve. And like, I view now challenges, obstacles, like people that are frustrating, whatever. I'm like, wow, what a, this, this is going to be a teaching moment for me, you know, because it's triggering something in me that, you know, doesn't feel pleasant. And a lot of times because it gets triggered in us, we blame the person like, you made me feel this way. Like, no, no, take some ownership. Like that was in you. (laughs) And uh, that responsibility can be hard to swallow. Don't get me started on boundaries now. So (laughs) but what's so cool is like, once you realize life's unfolding, like for you to understand like, oh, what are these maybe limiting beliefs or thought patterns or things that I'm carrying from the past and memories that are not serving me anymore? You know, and once you liberate yourself from them, you realize that you have control over how you want to interact and react and show up. And the last chapter of my book, I get into creation because once you realize you have control, you actually learn that you have the power within to create whatever reality on the outside that you want. That's huge. But to get there, you have to go through all the other stuff. (laughs) Well, in mentioning some other stuff, I've got some things in my notes that was on your profile page that I'm really interested in. And I want to hear you talk about these things and make sure you have time because they just sound so compelling. So there's four things that were listed. One was mind control, which you've Mm -hmm. started to mention some already. Number two is quantum healing. Number three, our true self. And then number four is prosperity. So I really wanted to make sure you had time to kind of flesh these out for the listeners of what those four areas, how they were meaningful to you. Yeah. Well, I'd say the mind control we've, we've talked about, like, this, this is it. The observe, realize you're more, control your internal response, and then start to create. And my ebook, I'll give you a link. Everybody can download it for free and, and kind of work through that and dive deeper if they want. Um, and the true self, that's the container. That's the sky. That's realizing that that is who you truly are. And when you have that awareness, you start to have more compassion for yourself as you realize, wow, my mind chatter that I was identifying with is actually creating a very intense reality that's not fun to live. (laughs) Uh, And you can separate from it, you know, and then start to to create with intention. Uh, But the quantum healing and the prosperity side, we haven't touched on. And So what happened with me, once I started to shift into this space of being more grateful, and I didn't know this at the time, but I tapped into what's called the law of vibration, which a lot of people talk about the law of attraction. You know, you attract in, you know, that what you want, but truly that's secondary. The primary is it's the vibration that you hold. Energy connects with that. Like attracts like. And so when I say vibration, things like anger, right? It's very low fear. It's low. It's low energy. Gratitude, joy, love is much higher energy. And you resonate in that space. You attract in things that resonate in that space. And so when I shifted internally, so when I say I learned you can create your world from the inside out, because it was the internal change. We got a phone call from an acupuncturist that had known my mom. And she said to my mom, I've started using this breakthrough health technology. It's helping the body to heal itself. It's replenishing the signal. And I call it quantum healing because the way she explained it was, look, it's all through electron transfer. It's the energy exchange, the electricity of the system. It's going to that fundamental level. When your body was young, you had a lot of of this electricity, a lot of these signaling molecules. And as you get older, your system just makes less. And so the physical body is less able to identify where there's damage and repair. And she said, look, they figured out you can drink this liquid. It's got trillions of these redox molecules. 
and reductants and oxidants. That's what redox stands for. And she said, you take it, you put it into your system and your system will just identify where you have damage and start to repair. And she said, every client is getting results, all of them different. Some it's digestion, some it's hormones, some it's their lungs, some it's their liver, some, you know, it's their skin. And she said, I have every reason to believe it would pass the blood brain barrier and help Danielle. And so I wish I could say I jumped in right away. I didn't. I was like totally skeptical. (laughs) um, Yeah, my degree in biology, I think, kind of clouded things for a little bit. But my mom jumped in. My mom started using it. My mom had bone on bone in her hands. She could not make a a fist. They were that stiff. Six weeks of drinking this stuff, she had full range of motion back in her hand. And that got my dad's attention. I thought it was a placebo, but my dad was like, no way, Danielle. (laughs) This stuff did it. So my dad started using it. He had a knee injury 30 years prior. He's always had issues with it. 10 days into drinking it, he was running without his knee brace on. And he said, my knee feels fabulous. I've got more energy in my workouts. I'm not tired. I'm repairing faster. He said, this stuff's amazing. I want you to get it. Take it for six months. See what it can do. And he said, what we've learned is it can't hurt you completely non-toxic, impossible to be allergic to. It won't contraindicate with the medicine that I was on. I said, all right, you know, I think you're wasting your money, but fine. I said, I'll try it. <laughs> and, um, three months in, it wasn't immediate for me. Like it was faster for them. But three months in, uh, the pounding that had been relentless for two years stopped. My head cleared. I could think clearly again. I could get the words out I wanted. I had energy. I wasn't having to nap throughout the day. And I remember my cognitive therapist saying to me, Danielle, I've worked with brain injury for 30 years, and I've never seen somebody have such a rapid recovery so far out from the initial trauma. And she said, what the hell is that stuff you started drinking? And I'll I'll never forget, I laughed, and I said, I thought it was salt water. I said, I have no idea what this stuff is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like inflection points in life. Like she said, well, we got to find out because my other clients need to know. And I was like, yeah, we do need to find out. Like they should know too. So we got on the phone with a member of the medical board of this company. The company's name is ASEA. And this gentleman, his name is Dr. David Silverman. He spoke to my cognitive therapist, but I just got to kind of listen to the phone call. Mm -hmm. And I remember him being totally unimpressed by my recovery. He was just like, yeah, well, how much was she drinking and how long did it take? And I was like, what does this doctor know that the rest of these doctors don't know? Because they all told me it was permanent. And now he's like, yeah, of course, of course she repaired. And I'm like, what? So I, I'm like li- listening with a different ear, right? And then he starts to share like how every cell in the body, all 50 trillion of them, they all talk with reductants and oxidants. It's this electron transfer. It's this like electricity of the system. And you see, yeah, when you amplify it, the body is better able to repair wherever it's damaged. And he said, every person that drinks this has a different response because every person is damaged in a different area. Just like if you put construction workers onto a job site, like every house, my house, your house, we probably all need something different. You know, it might be my AC, it might be your plumbing, you know, whatever, somebody's oven. And it just repairs that. And I thought, wow, the potential, like what just kept coming to me was this is so profound and the potential of this is massive. When I started to get healthy, I really started to ask myself, because I hadn't been able to think about my future. And so I really started to ask myself, what is it that I want to spend my time and energy doing? Knowing that tomorrow is not guaranteed, right? Because my accident showed me, like, it can be gone like that. What am I going to do? And I thought, you know, I want to do something where I can help others realize that they're more and connect into that divine potential in them. 
-hmm. And I want to do something where I'm helping people that are unwell get well and get their physical body, you know, up and running. And my mom was like, you should partner with ASEA. And I was like, I think that's network marketing and that's like a sleazy thing and I'm not interested. (laughs) she She said, Danielle, everything you're asking for is sitting right there. And I I couldn't see it. It took a year for her to like get through my thick head that she, she was right. She brought me actually nearly dragged me. I was helping them move to Arizona and there was a conference happening. She said, just come with me. And I sat at this conference and I listened to the founder of this company speak. And I got chills for like eight hours straight, head to toe. You know, when that happens and you're just like, whoa, whoa, like that was Mm -hmm. happening again and again. And I like, this technology was going to be sold to a pharmaceutical company. They realized the pharma company was going to shelve it. They were going to stop the beta group and, and stop. Oh, God, of course. Okay. Yeah. Ugh. And when I heard that story, I went, oh my God. And then they chose, they walked away from that multi-million dollar offer to fit and had to figure out another way to get it to market. And they chose word of mouth because they wanted it to get out there quickly to the people that needed it. And so they founded themselves as a network marketing company but they're a biotech company. Like that's just their distribution model. And I went, Oh, I get it. You know, I had all this stuff in my head, misconceptions about what, what it meant to be part of that. And I mean, there's good, bad and ugly in every industry, but sure. I partnered with them. And that was seven years ago, the abundance that has come into my life. And I would say I get paid in goosebumps. Like what I have watched happen with thousands of people's health, because I opened my mouth, because I started to share, I have now changed the lives of so many people globally. And through partnering with a company that literally rewards you for helping people get better, like I get paid to do that. I'm like I would be doing it anyway, but it's like I'm getting paid to do it. And the prosperity that has followed, it's like, it's so beautiful. It's liberating because I can live where I want to live, spend my time how I want to spend it. And, you know, I love what I do. It doesn't feel like work at all. And now I'm, I'm opening other people up to that same opportunity. And to be part of something like this, you have to become more. Like the person you are today is not going to be the person that has a second income stream, that has hundreds of people they've helped and are leading. Like you have to become. And that's where I can help people realize their true self, the divine potential that's sitting in them, that anybody can make the choice, you know, to become more. I absolutely love it. It's, I, you can probably tell, I can talk and talk about this stuff because I'm so passionate. <laughs> this is wonderful. I mean, I'm so enthralled with this information and I know my listeners are like, oh my gosh, okay. How do we get more information about this? How do we get more information about Danielle, about her ebook, her information, you know, everything she's learned about Redox, about all of this stuff. Yeah. Where, where do they go? Because I know they're going to, as soon as they hear this podcast, they're going to be like, oh my gosh. (laughs) uh, If you follow me on Instagram, uh, my link in my bio there has everything, but it's just my name, Danielle Matthews and an underscore before and after. It turns out there's other Danielles out there. So I have an (laughs) underscore pre and post Danielle Matthews. (laughs) The best way, if you want to reach me too, you can message me on there. But if you go to um, Danielle.teamasea, so T-E-A-M-A-S-E-A.com. There's a big button that says contact me. If you click that and put your phone number and email in, I can you know, send you a message. Get empowered with knowledge. You know, if something resonated, I have so much to teach people about how mm-hmm. this can help them or what it would mean to be part of something like this. Uh, and the ebook, 
uh, I didn't mention that. That's brainbodyself.com slash ebook. And if you just go to brainbodyself.com, you can listen to Yoga Nidras. I have, I'm certified now. I, I teach it. I have a course on it. I have free ones on the website you can listen to. Uh, just so people can connect in with that true self and understand what it is that you and I are talking about when you just observe the contents rather than engage with them, you know, dispassionately watch the movie of your thoughts <laughs> rather than be reacting to the movie of your thoughts, um, what that can mean for you. So I, I love offering what I do and I, you know, if it resonates with somebody, please reach out. I just, I love talking and helping people explore I think we can definitely unequivocally say that this is going to resonate with a lot of people. So now team, I don't, how do you spell the team ASEA? Yeah. yeah. It's like of the sea. So A S E A. Okay. And I would gotcha. tell people reach out because unfortunately there's tons of misinformation out there. I mean, I don't want to blow up anybody's world, but the pharmaceutical lobby is very strong. And if something yes. is not a pill, they bash it. And you have to be very careful at the sources you're looking at and who's behind them. So I can get people access straight to Dr. Silverman, right? The doctor I learned from and, and people that have the knowledge that they can really be empowered to say, all right, does this resonate with my truth center? Is this something I want to move forward with, you know, and don't let the internet talk you out of things. <laughs> We're about to wrap up. Let me give you an opportunity if there happens to be, and there may not, but if there happens to be one nugget of wisdom you want to throw out there at the end and share this is your opportunity to do so. You may not have something like that. You may, may oh, say, I've already shared everything. <laughs> There's so much we shared today, but this is the question that always I keep in my heart all the time. What is this challenge making possible? And so whatever's showing up in your life, in a relationship, at work, in politics, whatever it is, just ask yourself, what is this challenge making possible? Because you're meant to learn, right? When you get triggered, it's the teaching moment. And you're meant to figure out, like, you have to up-level. Something in you has to grow to get to this next version of yourself, to get to the space you're asking to arrive at. And it takes some inner work. So don't be afraid of it. Like, lean into it. And beautiful things will unfold. That is awesome. Okay. Guys, Listeners, um, I'm going to be putting all of this stuff in the show notes. So if you're out jogging or doing laundry or mowing the yard and listening to the podcast at the same time, don't worry. You can just go to my my website or it's going to be and it's going to be in the show notes as well on iTunes and Spotify and Deezer and all these places. So no worries. You're going to be able to have access to get a hold of Danielle. Danielle, thank you so much for coming and spending your time and your energy, like the vibration. And I'm so, I know exactly what you mean by that and, and sharing that with me and with our listeners. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you for much gratitude out. for that. Yeah, um, as well. So listeners, I know that you have heard numerous things today that are going to be so helpful. And you know what? You might even think, I have a friend or a coworker or a family member that, oh my gosh, they so need to hear this podcast. So please, you can copy and paste the link of the podcast in a text, in an email, pick it up and, and put it on your favorite social media platforms, get it out there, send it. Let's grow our Phoenix and Flame community that we can reach out together and say, we're all in this together. Let's see how we can come out of the flames, come out of the ash and just be so much better for that. If you want to find out more about Phoenix and Flame, you can always go to phoenixandflame.com. 
when this podcast airs, I might be out of the construction zone some, hopefully. I'm upgrading my website and, and adding new things. And so I feel like I'm living in a house that is in construction with sawhorses everywhere and, and, and dust everywhere. It's kind of driving me a little bit crazy. But one day it's all going to be done and it's all going to be ready. So maybe by the time this podcast airs, all that will be finished and you could go to the upgraded website and, and that'll be super. So I hope you've had a wonderful day. I hope the rest of your day goes fantastic. This is Dana on Phoenix and Flame.